Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So at some point in running our businesses, we all get to where we don't have the capacity to take on any more work without it overflowing into other parts of our lives that are just making us miserable. So sure, sometimes it's like temporary. You just happen to get a few clients at once and it's not always like that, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes your services are really in demand. A lot of people want to work with you and you find that you are just really booked and don't have time for more work. And when that happens, it's time to really decide if you're going to start turning clients away or make more time for the work. And in episode 18, we talked about a few ways to handle booking clients in advance. But today I wanted to dive deeper into outsourcing and talking about how you can outsource in your design business, whether it is kind of random tasks that we are all doing or your design work specifically. Yeah, I think this is a really good thing to kind of cover with business owners in general, but especially designers, because I think design and even what you do too, it's like there are only so many hours in a day. Like you said, we literally cannot take Mm -hmm. on any more work after a certain amount because we won't be sleeping if we did. So I think it's a good idea to at least know that outsourcing is like in your back pocket for when you need it, even if people are like, I don't make enough money yet or Mm -hmm. I don't have enough to do yet because I know those are things that I've thought before, but it's good to know, hey, when I get to that point, here's an option. So I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah. And like you said about like only having so many hours in a day, like that is so true for my projects. I can only take one custom project every three or four weeks. So if I don't want to be booking out in advance or I want to be able to take more than one client at a time, I have to outsource. And you know, you guys as designers get into the same situation. It might hopefully more than one project at a time, unless you're like doing a one or two week turnaround time. Um, But all of us have those kind of thresholds that we'll meet and cannot go over without destroying ourselves. Yep. So let's start with how to know when it's time to outsource, because I think this is a common question. I know before I started, I I didn't know. I felt like super self-conscious about it. I was like, oh, I'm not good enough for outsourcing. I can't do that yet. Or I know a lot of people think they have to be at a certain income level, but really I'm going to give you the annoying answer and there's really no right time. So it can just be when you want more free time. If you're finding yourself, you know, nose to your keyboard all day, every day, and you want more time to kind of do random tasks or explore fun projects, maybe that's how you decide. Or maybe it's when you realize you hate a specific task. So 
Uh, for me, a while back, for some reason, I just started hating writing my blog posts and newsletters. So I outsourced that for a while until I got over it. So maybe for you, it's something like scheduling your social media or development, you know, look at things you hate doing. And maybe that's how you decide that it's time to outsource because we all run our businesses. So we're doing things we want to do. So if it's affecting how much you like your business, maybe it's time to start. And then maybe it is when you have more work than you can handle. So you have too many client projects going on or you can't take as many client projects as you need to to reach, you know, your income goals because of all these other random tasks you're stuck doing. Um, so just to give you an example that there is no right time, I want to tell you quickly about when I started outsourcing. So I did not have anything impressive going on. I was working full time at a job and I was a couple months out, I was pretty sure, from leaving. I knew it was getting close, but I wasn't quite there yet. Um, but I knew I need, needed to make more money before I could do that. So I needed to be able to take more clients. So because of that, I brought on a VA to take care of the tasks I was spending way too much time on that weren't making me money. So the things I gave to her right away were scheduling my social media and getting my blog posts and newsletters ready. So she was editing them and formatting and scheduling them and stuff like that. So at that time, I was only making about $1,500 per month, like, and that was a good month. And I was already outsourcing at that time. So it wasn't anything super impressive. And I hired her for 10 hours a month at $20 an hour. So it was only $200 a month. And I could easily make that up by being able to take on, a, you know, a client that took me 10 more hours. So when you're starting to feel drawn to it, just give it a try most importantly with a small package don't jump into like a big retainer or something huge with someone right away but give it a try when you're feeling drawn to it for whatever reason you can always cancel it or maybe you'll find out that you really love it yeah i think what you're saying when we were just getting started on this is it really there's no specific time to know when it's time to start yeah. outsourcing. So it can be like literally when you just want some more free time, you know, yeah. when you're tired of scheduling social media and you're like, I am sick of doing this every single night or on my Sunday nights. And I would rather spend that time with my family, whatever it is. So you can make the leap. And as long as you can justify that spending, or you can make it up with, an extra project or maybe even if that extra free time is just worth that amount to you, then go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you you have to be making a certain income. Mostly it's probably yourself telling you that. So just stop it and then you're going to be fine. Yeah. That's how I have always been. Um, even now, I still have yet to outsource anything. A, because I'm really stubborn and I'm like, if I can do it, I can do it. And two, because I also have this thought where it's like, only when you get to a certain amount of income is when you can start outsourcing things. But I know when you started um, with your first VA last year, I can't believe that was last year, <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I guess you really don't have to be rolling in the dough. Not nope. that I was thinking you weren't rolling in the dough, but <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to be making a ton of money from your business to like take that step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's helpful to know that you can hire people for cheaper for small packages. I had no clue, you know, before I started looking into it that someone would be willing to do only two hours per week, you know? But when I learned that, I was like, oh, cool, even I can handle that. So just just stop with uh, comparing yourself to other people is probably the biggest issue here. 
So now let's dive into deciding what to outsource. So really this depends on the goal you're trying to accomplish with your outsourcing. So for me, I was trying to make more time for income generating activities because I only had a few hours a day to work on my business because of a full-time job, but I knew I needed to make more money. So for me, it made sense to outsource things like um, blog posts, social media, and emails. The things that took a lot of my time, but didn't make me money directly. So maybe that's where you want to start. Um, or maybe you want to get rid of those tasks you dislike. So if you do want to try that approach, this coming week or whenever, whenever you have time in the brain space to do this, have a notepad beside you and whenever you're doing something and you realize you don't love it, make a note of it. So maybe you are scheduling your social media. Can you tell I really hate scheduling social media? And you're like, <laughs> okay, this is wasting my time. Write that down so afterwards you have a list of all the things you don't like doing and you can start there. And then last, if your goal is taking on more clients, this is where you will want to outsource your actual design work. So you can have yourself maxed out with, you know, actual clients and you can have other people there um, working on clients for you. Yeah, I think this is a good one, especially your last point. If you want to take on more clients, say if you have previous clients who want you to do little things like PDFs, mm -hmm. business cards, whatever it is, you can outsource that to another designer that's maybe up and coming, that doesn't charge as much, that you trust to do a good job. That way you can still be booking the bigger paying projects and know that your previous clients are still taken care of. I really, really like that point because it's definitely overwhelming to try to jump in with, oh, here, take a full branding project and we'll get into that more in a second. But I really like um, this idea of not having the random little things that pop up taking up your brain space and stressing you out because it happens. It still happens to me too. So good point. Um, but since there is so much information out there about kind of outsourcing in general, we are going to instead spend a couple minutes uh, talking about outsourcing your design work specifically. And we're not going to be able to get, you know, super detailed here because neither of us have done that before because I'm not a designer and Corey hasn't taken the leap to outsource design work yet. Um, but I have outsourced development work, so I'll be able to kind of speak to that a little bit, like to outsourcing the main thing that I do to make money. So first, let's talk about what to look for in people you hire. First of all, they need to charge less than you because if they don't, you're basically losing money because you're spending time managing the projects and, you know, all this extra brain space you have to have to manage it. They have to charge less than you so you can make money. And it's not like $5 an hour less. It has to be quite a bit less for this to make sense. Um, when I started outsourcing development, I actually don't outsource development anymore because maybe I'll talk about this shortly. It's stressful. Um, but when I did, I think I was charging $75 an hour and I was hiring people anywhere from $45 to $60 an hour. So even the $60 was pushing it. Like I wasn't making, you know, a great amount on those projects. Um, so if you can get someone at least 25% less than you, that's a good starting point. If you can go lower, that's even better. But the problem is that while they need to charge less than you, they also can't suck at what they do. So you need to make sure they're experienced in the parts that you want them to take over. Um, and of course, this depends on how much teaching you're willing to do. If you're willing to teach them every step of the process, okay, then maybe you're not, you're not as worried about that. But if you are outsourcing to give yourself more time, you probably don't want to be spending a whole bunch of time teaching people. 
Um, so look at if you're going to be outsourcing your design work. Are they going to be doing just your mood boards? Are they going to be doing logos, full brands, websites? You have to know that going in so you know what to look for in the people you're hiring. And as designers, you guys have something even more difficult, and that is you need to find someone who will fit your design aesthetic because your clients come to you because your, your designs have a certain look and feel that they really love. So you can't throw someone else in there that does work totally different from yours and expect your clients to be happy. So that is probably the trickiest part here. Corey, do you feel like that's maybe what would hold you back the most from outsourcing your design work? Oh, yeah. Aside from being a control freak, <laughs> um, finding someone who would do really good work and actually match the kind of aesthetic that I do for my clients would be a huge mm -hmm. one because I am really picky when it would come down to those things. So I would be like, nope, 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 if like no one could match the design aesthetic. And it is because your clients, like you said, they see the work in your portfolio. That's the kind of visual aesthetic they think they're gonna be getting from you. And so you have to deliver on that or they're gonna be really confused and they're not gonna mm -hmm. enjoy the process. And then also it's gonna be more of a headache because they're gonna be asking for changes to get it closer to what they thought they were gonna get from yeah. you. And last, um, for what to look for in people you're hiring, just look for someone who is good with communication because you and this person will go back and forth a lot. You'll have to give them requirements. You need them to ask questions. You need them to take feedback well. So just make sure that you have someone who can just kind of communicate in general, which sometimes is more difficult than it should be. You know, I have a question for you here because something that I noticed you didn't include, but would be another thing that I would be control freaky about is just trusting the person to actually do the job, hit the time or the deadlines and, you know, show up, get the job done and you know the project is in good hands. So how do you feel like you can kind of establish that trust since I know you have outsourced several things before? Um... So you know that when you hand them, you know, whatever size project, you know it's going to get done. Yeah, this definitely comes into the downsides of outsourcing, which we'll get to in a second. But I think the best way you can do this will, A, look at their website. Do they look put together? You know, is their stuff, is their social media good? Is their own website good? Do they have clients they've worked with in the past that are happy? But after that, just start with a small project. Please don't jump into this crazy huge project with someone you've never worked with before. Start small so that if they do flake out or do an awful job, you can jump in and fix it all without having to, you know, work nights for three weeks in a row um, to make it up to your client. So start small and then work your way up as these people prove themselves to you. Very good question. So another point with outsourcing your design work is that there are legal things that you need to think about. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to claim to be. You definitely want to talk to either some sort of human resources consultant or a lawyer about this. But you need contracts with them. They're going to be working for you as subcontractors. You need contracts in place. 
and I would love to give you some advice on this, but I know there are different laws in each state that will affect the way you work. So for example, here in Wisconsin where I live, I can't pay any of my development subcontractors hourly because then they'd be considered employees and I'd have to give them benefits and things like that. But that doesn't apply in all states. So I don't have anything super solid to give you, but make sure you consult with someone in your state about what needs to be in your contract. Yeah, and obviously it's better to look into these things before you're taking someone on because then it's even more stressful to try to say, okay, well, hold on, let me get all this legal stuff in a row when really you just want to get them onboarded on your, like, team and you can get going. That's exactly what I did, too. I was (laughs) onboarding three different developers while waiting on a contract from my lawyer, and it was awful. I even had some of them doing projects before I had it ready, and I was (laughs) lucky none of them like did anything awful so it was fine but I would not recommend that approach (laughs) (laughs) so next let's talk about kind of the downsides that there would be for outsourcing your design work specifically and first is the actual time it takes so we outsource things to save ourselves time but you will be surprised at how much time it takes to outsource and that's actually why i stopped outsourcing my development work is because i was spending so much time in my inbox going back and forth between clients and the subcontractors and it just it was not working for me so be prepared to spend some extra time managing people unless you plan to like give them their own you know, email account under your business name where they'll communicate with people. And I didn't trust anyone enough to do that. Maybe you will. Um, But time is definitely a big issue with outsourcing. Right along with that, you have a lot more clients to manage. So I don't know about you guys. One of my least favorite things is managing clients. It's stressful. I hate being in my inbox. I hate answering the same questions over and over or, you know, being asked to bend like on scope and requirements and things like that. When you're outsourcing, you get a whole lot more of that because you have more clients to worry about, again, unless you are letting your subcontractors email back and forth with your clients. And as you've probably realized, there's just a lot of back and forth in general, which can be, it can be frustrating and confusing and take longer for everybody. So like even as far as like quoting a project, it takes longer because you have to get a quote from your subcontractor, then take the time to add in your own you know, so you make money and then give it to the client. Then they'll come back with questions. You have to go back to your subcontractor. Like, it's crazy how much back and forth communication you do. So again, just keep that in mind. Allow extra time for it. And it can be seen as a downside if you're not crazy about doing that kind of thing. Uh, One of the other really big downsides that ultimately led me to stop outsourcing development work is that you're responsible if mistakes are made or if going above and beyond is necessary. So I outsourced a website project once. It was it wasn't a custom website. They were installing a theme and doing some customizations on it, but the client didn't like it. And I did not budget for the 10 plus hours that I had to go in and fix everything that she didn't like because the other developer couldn't handle it. Like that was on me. I was doing that in my free time when I already had a fully booked schedule. Um, Another thing with this is revisions. So if a client is coming back with revisions that, okay, you know, this should have been done. It's outside of the number of revisions I usually allow, but I'm a decent person and feel like I can't say no to them. Your subcontractor does not have to agree to do that for free if they've already done what they agreed to do. So this is where you would, again, have to either pay them more, which you didn't budget for, or jump in and do it yourself. So 
being responsible for stuff like this is really stressful and frustrating. So something else to think about. And then last, since we're talking about design work specifically, we kind of got into this earlier, but since you're a designer, clients might be upset if they do find out you're not the one doing the work. So I know some people um, out, you know, are very clear about this on their website, but if you're not and your client found out, they might not love that. Or, you know, it might just come, it might just come up naturally, like this doesn't look like your work, what's going on? There's just a lot of little things to worry about with design work specifically. So that's something else you want to consider. Yeah, I definitely agree. If you are going to take the leap and actually outsource design work, I think it's really important to let your clients know up front that you are not going to be doing the work, Mm -hmm. but that you would take on a role that I think would be called like the art director or creative Mm -hmm. director, where you are making sure that everything looks good, fits your aesthetic, and then you're sending it to them so that they know you're still kind of hands-on in the project, even though you are not actually doing the legwork of creating their logo or creating their website. But still, I think it's really important. And two, if you do this, make that known on your website because I would not want to inquire with someone I was really excited about working with and then find out they're not even the ones that Mm -hmm. are going to be doing the work. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm glad that you brought up that point because that is kind of how I worded it with clients when I was having another developer work on it. I think I called myself, I don't know, I said I was like the project manager, everything this other developer did would go through me before it got to them, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it worked. They felt comfortable with it. They were fine. Um, But I like that approach. And the creative director, I think, is perfect from a design perspective. I like that. So overall, outsourcing your design work is a great way to bring on more clients and maybe increase your revenue if you do it the right way. But only do this if you really like communicating with people and you're comfortable managing and telling people when they're not doing things right and things like that. So most importantly, like we said before, just start small here so you can kind of get a taste for it, learn the ropes and kind of bail if you need to, if you decide you don't like it. So now let's jump into a little more about finding the right people. So we kind of went over some things you want to look for, but I want to dive in a little more because finding the right people is not easy. Um, It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of, you know, emailing people and finding out, okay, you know, this isn't as impressive as I thought it was and starting over from square one. So I found that the best place to start is looking for recommendations because if someone recommends someone else, you know that they did good work for them. And I should note that this is kind of for all outsourcing, not necessarily your design work. Um, But if someone recommends someone, you know they had a good experience and you know you can at least know as best as you can that they could be a good fit. For the best results with outsourcing though, don't always look for the cheapest option out there. Um, I did this at first. I I went for the lower end of things with my VA and I ended up having to let her go a few months later. And it was really, really difficult and really, really stressful um, because by that point, you know, I taught her all this stuff. We'd become close. And then I realized this is not working. She's not doing, you know, a good job like she's supposed to. Um, so for me, I kind of wish I would have just, you know, bumped up a price level or two and gone with someone who was better right from the beginning. Yeah, I think the saying you get what you pay for here, you have to remember that 
Um, your clients are hopefully not looking for the cheapest dollar when they come to hire you. So you don't want to put that into place when you're looking for other designers or if you're looking for a VA or something else yeah. so you can outsource anything. So I think what I would usually do is look for kind of the, the middle. So look at the people who are charging a ton and who clearly aren't charging enough and kind of see what the middle rate is and then find people who are charging that double check their experience obviously but yeah when you go for the cheapest bottom dollar out there you're almost always going to get what you pay for Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean i think it could even depend on what is being outsourced and if you're okay with having to redo some things um like for example when we did transcripts for this podcast I, I was doing them myself for a while, and you guys, these things took me like five hours, and I was like, oh, heck no, you know, this is not working. So I wanted to have someone to outsource them to, and I found that, you know, the normal VA type person was going to charge quite a bit, but there was this cheaper service where they do transcription for a dollar a minute. So it was about 30-ish dollars an episode for the length of episodes we have. For me, that sounded cheap, but was totally worth it. And yes, it wasn't always perfect. I had to go through and fix some things every once in a while. But for me, that was so much better than the time I was spending before doing this. So think about what it is. Like if it's your design work, like we were talking about, you probably don't want to go with the cheapest option out there. But for other things that don't matter as much, you can, you know, start out cheaper if you want to. Just kind of look at that for yourself. Well, and two, if you want to start small with someone that does have, you know, on the lower end of pricing, you can at least try it out Mm -hmm. and make sure that they aren't going to be giving you work that you're going to have to fix because you never know. Sometimes people just don't realize what they're worth and you want to yell at them because they should be charging more. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can always try out those people and then once you realize how great they are, you can start yelling at them to charge you more. (laughs) That that actually is a really good point and made me think uh, the VA I had to let go because she wasn't doing a great job has now like doubled her prices and is charging like $45 an hour. The VA I have now, who is absolutely amazing, has only been charging me 25 and I got on the phone with her last week and I was like, girl, I'm giving you a raise. So I made her raise her prices for me because she's so good and on the cheaper end of things. So yeah, sometimes people just don't know what they're worth. So price isn't always a good indicator, but in a lot of cases it can be. So next with finding the right people, we can be a little more shallow here. And I definitely say, don't be afraid to judge people by their website. Um, For a lot of us, blogging and social media and running websites is a huge part of what we do. So it makes sense for the people you hire to do a good job of it themselves. And that's actually how I decided on my current VA. I went to her website and I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. She has a regular blog that she updates and writes really great posts for. Her social media is all on point. This is what I'm going to have her do for me obviously I'm going to go with her. And then other people that inquired, you know, for the position, it was not impressive at all. Their websites were kind of a mess. There were no blogs, you know, things like that. So don't be afraid to judge people by their websites. It definitely worked out for me, at least in this case. It might not always. 
And then last, when you are trying to find someone, try it out for a month or for one project, depending on what it is, before signing into long-term contracts. So a lot of people want you to sign on for something longer right away, and I definitely don't recommend that. Start out with a month if you can, so you can see if you're happy, and then find someone else if you're not, and you're not stuck. So last, I want to talk about what to expect when you start outsourcing. Um, No matter what it is, whether it's design work or other tasks, you kind of want to expect some of the same things. Uh, First, know that you're going to have to do some training. You can't just hire someone and say, okay, I want you to do this thing, and they're good to go. You have to tell them your expectations, maybe some of the past steps you took, show them how you used to do it, so they know they're doing things how you want them done. Um, it's really helpful if you have your processes documented before you bring someone on. And this doesn't have to be crazy. I personally use like Asana templates. So I have like a checklist of everything that needs to be done for my blog posts. And I also do walkthrough videos for different things. So I'll just record a quick screencast with myself talking over it of steps I take. Um, But I also know that some people make really, really elaborate, big, huge, crazy training manuals. So just figure out what works best for you, what you feel like doing, and go from there. Um, Just because you do things a certain way doesn't mean the person you hire has to, but it's good for them to understand the steps you're doing and why you're doing them so they can make sure they're, you know, accomplishing the same thing. Um, Next, be ready to be available for questions because they're going to have questions. Even if you have great processes, you will probably have questions. So just be aware that there's nothing wrong with someone if they have questions. I actually think it's a great sign if they're willing to ask um, if they're not sure about something rather than just guess and, you know, not care if they're doing a crappy job. Um, Next, be prepared to course correct people if you have to and doing... Um, a little teaching when mistakes are made. Um, So it's important that you do address it if someone isn't doing something right, but definitely watch for people who don't learn from their mistakes. So that's the issue I came across with my VA in the past. I was having to tell her the same things over and over and over. And at that point I was like, you know, this isn't worth it for me anymore. I'm spending more time reteaching her and correcting her work than anything else. So it doesn't make sense. Um, you don't want to have to expect that, but definitely expect to have to help out every once in a while. And then last, if you are outsourcing your design work, be ready for a lot more client management and a whole lot of communication um, between you, the client, and the person you're outsourcing to. So as a quick recap for this episode, outsourcing can be a really awesome way to free up time in your business, but it's definitely a learning experience and it's not for everybody. Uh, If you've never done it before, start small. Don't go into like outsourcing a full website design project. Start with something super, super small so you can try out the person and make sure you like doing it. And then once you get the feel for things and know what you wanna look for in the people you want to work with, it will get easier from there. So your action steps for today are to take note of the tasks you don't enjoy doing in your work this week. So as you're going through the week, if you realize, you know, you're not passionate about something you're doing, just write it down. Then I want you to identify the top three that either take the most of your time or that you really just hate with a passion. And when you feel ready, start your search for someone to reach out to to outsource these three tasks to. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. 
If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.